whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here. And you know, I'm never quite sure what I'm going to say when I get on here in the morning. I, I try to think through things. I try to seek the Lord. Sometimes I know like something will happen the night before and I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to talk about that. Sometimes I struggle with stuff. Uh, I had so much good material from this weekend. <laughs> you know, I, I try, I call this Daily Adventures of Grace because every day really is an adventure. So I'm always in search of a good story to tell you, a true story. Um, I think sometimes I worry too much about being clever, but I do have plenty of good material, I mean, from this weekend, all these different adventures. I was, did a one day trip down to Virginia and back, like 16 hour round trip. Very grateful for my husband who did the driving, but, um, I went to a celebration of life while down there, which was, it was a memorial service, which one would think of as sad, but it was really actually a very life giving thing. I could talk about an example of a church and uh, the husband of the person who we celebrated, who at 65 decided to plant a church in an area where churches always died within 18 months, and now it's thriving. I could tell you about how I somehow accidentally got connected um, on social media with a medium <laughs> who uh, I think tried to proselytize me, but is now reading stuff about Jesus. And that's a little adventure. I'm not sure how that one's going to work out, but... Um, interesting. <laughs> My granddaughter's always material. I mean, there's just, I got a lot of material from this weekend. I could tell you about how I suffered, um, oh my goodness, the great adventure of, felt like multiple near-death death experiences, otherwise known as 95 South and Nor Northern Virginia. <laughs> that road is crazy. People started getting mean when they drove on that. It was not like that 15 years ago when I drove it. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. So there's all these things, but what really came to mind this morning, um, as I read the first first scripture I read this morning, um, and I stopped there actually. Uh, it was enough this morning just to challenge me and stop there and live there. Uh, Psalm 107, 1 to 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Now, in our church, we, um, my pastor has felt so strongly about talking about gratitude, thankfulness, as in like the attitude of our heart, and thanksgiving, as in how we live it out in our lives with our words and deeds, and the necessity of that, but also the power of that to transform us, transform us within our circumstances, but then also even transform our circumstances. So when I see this word thanksgiving, a light goes on, bing, 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 and then the word uh, steadfast love is... Uh, that chesed, the word chesed, it means, there's not really one word to describe what it means. It means goodness of God. I mean, all the words you can think of that talk about the good, just the goodness of God. Uh, love, mercy, love that doesn't quit, redeeming love. There's just, we can't really find one word. So we say steadfast love or we say mercy. 
or we say faithfulness. Um, that's, but it's all of these and more. I mean, how do you contain the goodness of an infinitely good God in one word? That's the big. That's the best we can do, right? This this hasn't. It says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so," and that for some reason hit me before. Hit me like it never had before, because you know, redeemed. That doesn't mean nothing good has ever, nothing bad has ever happened in my life. Uh, that doesn't mean uh, life is going perfect. In fact, redeemed means you're redeemed from something. That means you've gone through it. Um, which, let's be honest, any of us who are over twenty, we've gone through something. <laughs> Maybe most of us who are over ten. Most parts of the world, if you're alive, you've gone through something or you're going through something. Sometimes it takes that perspective of looking back, um, particularly when we're right in the middle of the storm, looking back and seeing how God has been faithful before. That helps us to look forward or to stay where we're like, okay, God, you're not going to stop being good now. You've been good through all time, right? But it says we have to say so. If we've been redeemed, I love, I, I looked up, you know, I'm a word junkie and I looked up this word redeemed and, um, gawal, I, I didn't say that right, gawal, but it's connected with two things. Um, the redemption is in buying back as if something's enslaved or in a pawn shop, um, in modern day where basically it's been sold out of freedom, out of proper ownership. That's really what redemption is. It's, or it's in danger of improper being owned by the wrong things. And so you buy it back. Um, and so at a price, it's restored to its proper owner. It is mentioned a gazillion times, uh, 22 times in the book of Ruth. And it was actually connected with the idea of kinsmen. Um, for instance, as in with the case of Ruth, if you were to be married, and then your husband passed away. You know, if the female was married and her husband passed away without any children, then the brother or the next person in kin's wise would marry that person, could marry that woman, and the first that woman's first child would be as if it belonged to the late husband. So, um, in Ruth's case... Ruth was married to Naomi's son. Totally lost his name right now. I should have read the book of Ruth this morning. But she was married to Naomi's son. Uh, and she he passed without them having any children. And so later Ruth married one of her late husband's kinsmen, Boaz. And the first child they had together was credited as if it was... It belonged to her late husband, and then after that, um, after that, the other children were credited to Boaz. It was a, um, it's an interesting thing because line, bloodline, heritage, legacy is was such an important thing back then. Having children, having some something to pass your name on was the thing, right then. Now, um, I really want to find the person's name. Uh, I'm gonna look and talk at the same time. It, in that case, Ruth's late husband got a really good deal because that ended up being the bloodline of David, King David, the kings of Israel. And then ultimately, uh, you know, Jesus, the king of all kings. So that was a pretty good kinsman redeemer. But basically, he redeemed the family bloodline. 
um, the bloodline was going to be lost. The legacy was going to be lost. The name of really Naomi's husband was going to be lost. I'm going to find this. Oh, this is driving me nuts. Oh, I'm on Ruth. Here we go. Uh, and this kinsman redeemer brought it back. So basically the idea is when you were a lot, this redemption thing, when you were lost, when you were owned by the wrong things. And let's face it, people. If you feel like you're the Lord of your own destiny, you're being ruled by something you don't realize. Something always owns us. Something always owns us. We do get the opportunity to choose what that is. Are we going to be owned and mastered by Christ? Are we going to be owned and mastered by our own desires? That's scary, because um, those change. What, what are we going to let master us? And um, So, kind of like with a pawn shop, something is sold at a much lesser price and held and in danger of being passed out to someone else, you know, in danger. After a couple of days, if you don't redeem it, then um, you you could lose it. It could be fall into the hands of the wrong person. Um, but when you redeem it, you redeem it at a greater price. You, know, you don't go back to the pawn shop and, they, I mean, they don't hold your stuff for free, you know. And if someone sold them to slavery and you buy them back, a lot of times they're going to make money off it. This is a financial exchange, right? Um, all right, let's see this. The man was Elimelech. This is Ruth's former father-in-law. His wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Killian. So it doesn't actually say which one was Ruth. So either Malon or Killian got to have his line. But really, Elimelech, the line of Elimelech, was redeemed through this kinsman, which is the same root. Uh, so what on earth does that mean to me? You know, I, I just read this this morning and was thinking, I need to always be ready to say, what did God save me from? What did, what did God use? And I mean, the idea is, if we're redeemed, you know a thing's value has to do partly with its rarity, partly with how much Someone's willing to pay for it. Supply and demand. So if you really want to argue this um, from an economic standpoint, when we're lost, it feels like we've lost value. But when we're redeemed, it's almost as if our value increases because uh, somebody was willing to pay more. You know, <laughs> someone was willing to pay more over and above for us. Maybe more than we deserve to be paid for. I mean, in Christ Jesus, is there any greater price than what Jesus paid to redeem us? But the thing is, it wasn't just a once and for all. It's an every day. You know, it wasn't just... Jesus didn't redeem us just for the purse of eternity, just for fire insurance so we don't go to hell and we can be in heaven someday. Jesus can redeem everything, every day. Jesus could redeem that horrible Horrible traffic that I had to go through in Northern Virginia. Jesus could do that. I'll tell you what, I was praying. My faith was increases. I was praying and these cars were zooming by, some of them over 100 miles an hour, and there was actually traffic. And I was holding on to the, the handle. There's this handle that you sometimes hold on to that 
<laughs> I'm not sure what it's there for. Probably just for when you're scared because of somebody who's driving crazy. And I was holding on and praying and I can read him that. And um, this uh, person who passed, who's now in the arms of Jesus, whom I adore, her name was Marty Lapsevic, was like, I had an amazing mom, still have an amazing mom, and I have a bunch of second and third and fourth moms who are who just adopted me anyway. So I've just been I'm just so rich in love in terms of people who for no good reason other than that they're who they are in Christ have chosen to love me. And uh she was one of them and um, even in that ceremony uh the life that was given in the celebration even of her passing on to eternal life was amazing and uh, I was able to reconnect um, with my best friend who we always connect, but we never see each other <laughs> because we live too far away. And I was able to, ironically, through the, the death and the celebration of life, I was, there was new hope that was opened up. Isn't that crazy how God can do that? God can take something that's supposed to be so horrible and turn it into something amazing. And that's where redemption is so important. We're not just, okay, God made me great. Okay. God did make you great, but it wasn't just God gave me ease. But there's something about going through the hard stuff that helps us be able to appreciate the goodness of God more. Because let's face it, if we feel like we've never had problems, if we feel like life is easy, then we're way too tempted to think that it's us. It's because of us. It's because we're gift, we're blessed, we're, we're good. And um, anything that's good in us is from God. And sometimes there's something about seeing our own life broken and out of control that we have to look to something else. And in the end, the redemption there is afterwards life's more valuable for us. We see our value more. Um, oh, my word. <laughs> yes, God redeemed that trip downwards. Yes, God redeemed that time of mourning. Yes, God redeemed that mistake of mine where I accidentally connected with a medium, with a spiritist <laughs> on, I don't know, Twitter or something, because now there's conversations I'm able to share with her about God um, and yeah, about the true God. And yeah, there are these horrible times in our lives, horrible times. And I'll tell you the great power, one of the greatest, I think, sources of power and um, authority that God can give us is when we're right in the middle of it. We don't have to wait as Christians, as people who love and believe in God, as people who hope in Christ, we don't have to wait to the other end. To praise. In fact, I highly recommend if we could stand in the middle of the storm and say, God is in this. God, I feel like crap, but I still know your joy. I'm going to praise you because I know you're going to push me past it. And how do we do that sometimes? Sometimes it starts by re remembering, by hearing others. I'll tell you, my worst times of life, when my marriage was broken, when my home was broken, when we had no home car, no prospects, our future had been broken. Hearing stories from other people who had been there and who in these possible situations, impossible situations, God had brought them through, that gave life to me. Reading through the Bible, through those situations, that gave life to me. Reading about God's promises and being told, you can depend on those. And so I did. I would scream them out loud. I had some notebook where I would just write, read through. And if I read something that said was a promise, I'd write it down. And I'd be like, okay, God, you have to do this. Um, you know, my, my husband had fallen away from the Lord and I... There were some scriptures that I really felt were very, very strongly for me because he was in a time of confusion. 
it was like the enemy had snatched him. He was like in a spiritual pawn shop. Uh, and uh, I just kept saying, I knew God was going to bring him back. I, I, I'm not saying everybody who falls away chooses to come back. I'm not, I'm not saying, I, I'm not trying to speak that into your life. I'm just, I'm just saying I knew because of the situation we're in, because of the truth of the scriptures, rehearsing God's goodness, I knew that that, that would be a battle that God God went for us, you know, and uh, I was able to have that hope. Sometimes we have to look back just so we're able to see forward. Sometimes we have to remember the past so that we can look into the future with greater clarity. Our history does often clarify our destiny. Because when we remember who God is and we remember whose we are, we can celebrate. We can celebrate from history standpoint, and we can celebrate in advance. Because if God's been like this from the beginning of time, he's not going to change now. <laughs> he's still good. That said, that's forever. And sometimes, this is crazy. When we're going through the worst of it, we can know, you can know. Walk with the Lord. Lean into grace. Sure, make mistakes. We do that. But choose to be, choose that defiant grace. Not a grace that defies God, but a grace that defies shame and a grace that defies sin and a grace that defies everything that shouldn't have authority over us anyways. That really has no authority over us, but who we, we can let it have power over us. Break that power by saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to praise God anyways. At my lowest point, lowest point, everything was gone. My husband was gone. I still had my daughter. And I don't know if I was being a great mom to her at that point because I didn't know how to do anything but cry all day. Um, but at my lowest point, I remember at one point saying, I wish I were dead. I've only said that once in my life. I'm not a suicidal person. It's never been a real struggle with me. And then I automatically, absolutely renounced, renounced it, took it back, knew. I'm like, I know this is not true. And, I, and right at that point, lowest point, I remember God, hearing God sort of whisper into my spirit, will you still praise me? And I went, okay, God, it, it, there was something in me. It's like God knew he needed to hit my obstinance. And I was, okay, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Do that. And I will tell you, I have greater joy now because of it. I have greater, I, greater victory now because of it. Life is still not easy. I still face challenges. But there is a freedom within that. True freedom and true joy does not mean everything's going well all the time. It doesn't mean you don't have issues, but there's a freedom and a joy and a victory within those issues. And you do go beyond them, and in it, you see amazing things. You see the hand of God work. And even through the issues, all it is is a way to, it's a greater redemption story for you. It's a greater redemption story for God. Because anytime Satan sends something at you, we think God allows it, it's like Job. You can face it and go, God's in this. God's going to help me. I'm going to grow from this. And that redemption means my life's going to be even more valuable later. I don't know how, I mean, your life is of infinite value. I don't understand the math in that, how your life can be of infinite value, and then it grows in value. That's one of those weird mystery things. But the value of your life to yourself, your understanding of your value, the understanding of your value to Christ, the understanding of who Christ is in you, that will all grow. So if you're in a place right now 
where you're struggling with something, whether it's a moment of struggling, whether it's a period of struggling, whether it feels like it's never stopped. Think about and talk about. Let them say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Talk about it. Find somebody to tell, this is how I've seen God work in the past. And if you're right at the beginning and you don't know how to, ask God to show you. Read the scriptures. Ask somebody else to tell you. How's God worked in your life? There's testimonies everywhere. Let's rehearse God's goodness so that we can promote God's goodness, so that we can feel and live God's goodness. Everybody's life is better because of it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for that chesed, that goodness that goes beyond words, beyond measure, Lord Jesus. Lord, may we be a witness to this. Not that we would lie, that we'd be honest about our circumstances and cognizant of all the ways that you've been faithful, even some of the ways that you've been faithful, Lord Jesus. Help us to be a witness to each other. Help us to receive witness from others. And Lord, we know that in recognizing and practicing your goodness, we lock, unlock something eternal and enduring. And we give you what you deserve, Lord Jesus, even a fraction of it. Lord, receive our offerings. Receive our honesty. Receive our praise. And just thank you in advance, because we know that as we do that, you lift us up. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends, and may you experience and recognize God's goodness in new and amazing ways today. Today.